0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me today. Your High Gall. Did I pronounce it wrong? It, uh, it you... Was,
1: it, you just did it with such gusto. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it makes me sound like you're summoning me or something, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. It works. It works.
0: I, I summon you to Wobblies and Wizards?
1: <laughs> Very happy to be summoned.
0: You've got a game out that I think a lot of our listeners may have heard of, but maybe not all. And it's definitely gotten some attention lately. Is it pronounced Cairn? Yes, that's easy. Okay. (laughs) It's easier
1: when it's a uh, Welsh term or Welsh word, or I think it actually might be also also be Irish somehow, but
0: I have the world's worst like Midwestern Hick accent anybody's ever had. So it doesn't help me saying anything. (laughs) We all have accents. All all of us. Karen has gotten quite a bit of attention. I'd say I've seen quite a few people making supplements for it and everything else. And it's out there and it's, I think it's a cool game. We reviewed it here. I'm fascinated with it. How does that feel getting all that attention for your game? I think it's misplaced. Uh, You know, everything
1: that makes Karen good is taken from other people. The distinction is I made it free and creative commons. So I think people latch onto that like hey it's a really easy cheap way to get a fantasy rpg that uses elegant mechanics again completely stolen almost (laughs) almost completely stolen from um, vastly superior games and completely owes its heritage to them so it's again misplaced but i i'm just happy people are able to get the same enjoyment out of it that i had in making it and continuing
0: to run it so well let's this i want to talk about what you said for a second because you said it's completely stolen now i know picasso said something that i think it was (laughs) picasso but have you seen the banksy the little rock it says good artists steal great uh, wait good artists copy great artists steal is that what it is and it has picasso crossed out it says banksy
1: yeah i think i actually think it was wasn't it steve jobs who popularized that that's how i was know it? it but it could have been there Picasso was there
0: was the banksy one that had been out there and i, no, I, I
1: right well, I, banksy is awesome don't get me wrong <laughs> but i i feel like i i always saw it attributed to well steve i got a jobs. problem
0: with steve jobs saying because steve yeah. jobs will, will steal it and go put it put a put a copy yeah, the, right uh, on yeah. It.
1: well that is the irony yeah that is they all do that though i mean they all yeah it was it's it's fine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's, what they all, that's what they all do, um, but no, I, I I mean it. though, uh, you know for people who don't know, Karen is a fantasy RPG, mechanically very close to Into the Odd, but the character generation system and the inventory system is wholly taken from Nave. Um, I did add some tweaks to make it work the way I wanted, um, but it, Nave itself is licensed under the Creative Commons by uh, ShareAlike. License, Which means you can use every single word in this document as it appears. Just make sure you pay um, credit to the original writer, in, in this case, Ben Milton. And Into the Odd is not um, in any way Creative Commons license, but uh, mechanically I took everything from it since Into the Odd is, you know, first off, you can't copyright mechanics. You can't. Let's just be clear, despite what, like, what is it, the Cepheus people say, you Mm -hmm. cannot copyright (laughs) mechanics. So if someone has a great idea, you can emulate that idea exactly, just do it in your own words. And anyone who says differently uh, is wrong and dumb. Uh, It is true, though, that Wizards of the Coast, or TSR rather, did trademark
0: the dungeon master term. Yeah, that is- the term dungeon master and you know what? That that's the kind of why I try to use it a lot and shift. I used to use Game Master a lot because the early games I was getting into and picked up use Game right. Master. Yeah, I've heard you
1: use Dungeon Master and I have I have and I
0: made it. this intentional shift out of yeah. spite to the fact that Hasbro can yeah. just own a word. I'm like what? Yeah, yeah. well <laughs> lots of people, yeah, I mean
1: it's it's <laughs> trademarks like, are they're kind of insane, but um, into the odd. By the way, does have a um, something called the Mark of the Odd? It was not around. It was not. It was not official while I was making Karen. But nowadays, you can just take the mechanics from the Mark of the Odd, which is just a short. I mean, Into the Odd has very few rules. It's a very short document that says here are the mechanics. You can use them. Just you know, reference the Mark of the Odd with this logo. So to. Chris McDowell, the author of Into the Odd's credit, he did eventually come out with Mark of the Odd, and there were some reasons why it took a while, but I didn't, I'm a very um, impatient person, so I did <laughs> not uh, choose to use that, but other folks do. And um, again, I think Chris McDowell is probably the best role-playing game designer around. So I, 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 I you know, in all respect to him, I still, I really, really love Into the Odd, and that's why I chose it as a chassis.
0: I've not had a chance to run it. Well, actually, we're getting ready to run Karen next week.
1: Oh, Um, what do you guys what are you guys going to run?
0: I don't I don't know 100% off the top of my head because it's John, the other guy that does like Mm -hmm. zine reviews with Mm -hmm. me on the show. Mm -hmm. He's running it and he picked up one. There's like a little demon on the cover, a little red. Oh,
1: yeah. Demon driven to the mall.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're gonna probably run. I believe. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: that's a uh, Brad Kerr, who's a friend and does some really awesome, awesome work. Um, his module, Hideous Daylight, which is for OSE. Um, oh yeah. It's on, on drive through. Fantastic. I've run it in Karen twice and I have a conversion notes on the Karen RPG
0: website for people who want to run it. Strong recommendation for that. It's a, we ran that with OSC. We had a lot of fun with hideous daylight. We've been, he ran it. It's getting a sequel, you know? Oh, I didn't know that. I know there was a, yeah.
1: I, wait, not to decide whether I should have said <laughs> that anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is getting a sequel.
0: I can go back and edit.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it makes for great conversion i think i think i mean that's the core of cairn is i i just really like into the odd but india into the odd into the Odd's setting and theme is both industrial at, at its at its first iteration it was industrial and with electric bastion land which is my favorite rpg of all time you know there's electricity so it doesn't really <laughs> thematically work with fantasy rpgs as well and I think that's one of the reasons why folks haven't glommed onto it as much as you might have expected since it's so dang good. Well,
0: it's had a big impact Definitely. on game. On and design. I'm going to go
1: back on design. Yes. I would not say it is as popular in terms of people wanting to play. But of course, nothing is compared to even putting aside like fifth edition and all that, it, OSC and all the retro clones are way more popular than I think into the odd is. The Black Hack is probably more popular than into the odd is. And that, that is the reason why I creative Careers. I just wanted to use into the odd with all these incredible modules. You know, it's like people listening, can't see, but like my whole shelf behind me is covered in modules. And uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, I wanted to run them and into the odd wasn't, you know, there's no spells in into the odd. So I wanted that, um, but sorry, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Proceed.
0: Oh no, you're good. Uh, no, and there's a like, one of the things I want to talk about with you is like, cause all this gets into the fact that we have what we see today that wasn't around as much when I started playing is that we have a community taking these different game mechanics and games and concepts and mashup is the best word I can think of right now. And we're just tearing apart. We're able to contribute to each other's stuff and create for each other. Something I had talked about when I first tried said, I mean, I want to do a role-playing game blog. I was like, I was, the first thing I'm on was I want to see something like a, uh, an open community like a community gaming open source gaming type thing and that's what I like to see I think I'm seeing that happening right now
1: I think it's been happening for a while but just in um, fits and starts Uh, if you go back to the early days of the OGL the license that um, which is the coast put out after third edition to try to you know burn more design I think in the early days of the OSR and I I was around during the G plus days but I wasn't I was was creating more in the PBTA space at that time. Um, But what I was privy to was the DIY RPG scene, which on Google Plus was very similar to what you're talking about. I think there were some very bad actors and gatekeepers that made it much harder to get that feeling that you're talking about. And I think we're a lot more welcoming now than... We used to be in terms of an indie RPG, D&D-like space. But the OGL, I mean, uh, one of my favorite RPGs of all all time, the Indie Hack, at the very end of it, has the OGL in it. I don't know why. The game is nothing like other (laughs) D&D versions. But I think it's, I think, so I'm saying it exists for a long time. The frame has changed a little bit, partly, as you said, because um, there was this kind of community of contribution and help that is come around it um, but also just games like like if you look at most of these open source games or games that have creative commons license they're descendants of either maze rats or Nave, and both of those are creative commons license both by ben melton so i see that as a really big as one of the big reasons as you have this person who's really well regarded for his questing beast youtube channel putting out very good games that have really permissive licensing and i think that that has Embolden people like myself to be like oh it's cool i can do this or you, you know you guys had leo and vaults of varn on yes uh last week and it's uh, that's it's a nave hack It's what it is you know you take a thing you give your own spin and
0: you just you don't feel limited nave is that's amazing <laughs> it's a really good little yeah. book i read really through cool. name i was like oh yeah this is Why do we have so much convolution to D&D? This is... And it it, it owes a little (laughs) bit
1: of its... uh, In many ways, though, Into the Odd inspired both Maze Rats and Nave. Maze Rats started as an Into the Odd hack. It was just Into the Odd. And then eventually, after version 0.1 or whatever, he then added a bunch of his own stuff to it. um, And it's more like Traveler now. (laughs) But it still still, um, owes its, its lineage, as does World of Dungeons, another Creative Commons game on the bottom, you can see, you know, uh, credit to Chris McDowell, <laughs> and so I feel like there is a relationship between in- Into the Odd Maze Rats and Nave that has just sort of spiraled off into this collaborative universe of RPG development. Also, because so much thinking went into the design of games like Nave, which has literal designer notes in it, it really just makes you feel like, hey, I can do this, and and, and not to in any way to my own horn but i heard from a goblin archives who made liminal horror which is the hack of karen that the only reason he decided to make his own game which from i mean it seems quite successful from what i can tell is because he heard me talking about it and it seems so easy <laughs> and it is easy that he just went and did it himself so i feel like again it's like a it's like a snowball effect or whatever you see people mm-hmm. start to talk yeah. about it and i Maybe if people listen to this and go, Oh, this dummy can do it. I can do it. <laughs> and, and, and I tried to make that easy. Like the Karen RPG website is um, based on GitHub pages, which is a free way to make websites. If you know what you're doing. I wrote instructions for how to clone the page and to fork it and make your own version. So. You know, the liminal horror is a fork of Cairn, as is every version that has a different language, you know, from Italian to German to Polish. They all, they're just clones of the original website. And that's just saves people a lot of time. And even the guy who put together Leo's Vaults of Orange site, it's not based on mine, but they looked at mine. They're like, oh, let's let that's a cool idea it seems pretty easy put, <laughs> make it put an srd online nobody puts srds online anymore and now a lot of people do and it's fantastic and i'm not saying it's because of me it just seems to have been just the right time for that
0: i think one thing when third edition and pathfinder and the third 3.0 gaming license came out there wasn't any license like that previous to Correct, that right. when people had tried to push stuff out for ad and I remember back in the day there were some problems legal issues yeah. with stuff yeah that people will go after and when people were putting out third edition stuff they that game was um i'm trying to think of a word to use without being negative but like it was it took a lot more like a lot more numbers a lot more stats a lot more everything those books were well they're crunchier i mean it is how we got pathfinder yeah it's that it's it's very complicated systems and complicated books and you're writing something you find out you've you've done this and you've broken the entire game right (laughs) right i mean people like that stuff
1: people like that stuff they like they like that kind of crunch and then you you know you've got you we have that in the indie sphere too burning wheel is pretty damn crunchy Mm -hmm. but still you know part of this sphere but for the most part that is true that they're all rules light like uh, yesterday i went to a um, high school and talked about rpgs because i have a friend who's a teacher there and he wanted me to come in and talk about rpg design and i brought like 25 different rpgs 95 percent of them were creative commons licensed i don't think a single one was over 25 pages or whatever you know and he pointed <laughs> it out because every kid in that class who had played rpgs had played fifth edition yeah and the you know the player's handbook is 300 pages or something and it's yeah i'm not sure it's it's, it's the thing is even fifth edition mechanically is not that i mean it's extremely crunchy but the rules can fit if you look at the fifth the 5.1 srd it's like it's not long it spells take up all the space, you know, but all of those words and language, they're there to kind of trap you in it. You know, if, if the business model is to write rule books, you're going to write rule books, you know, um, like it's, a, what's that saying? You can't convince someone to change their mind if their means in which they make money depends on them believing what they believe. And I think that that's part of the kind of self-perpetuating model of Wiz- Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro is that their whole business model is to sell rule books you know oh yeah
0: and like when i was getting into dnd the late 80s and throughout the 90s and dnd was cranking stuff out they had rule books but a lot of the stuff was modules adventures and stuff right
1: right there's way fewer modules now my goodness yeah. that, that that's not people. a thing you're gonna get this like you know maybe the minds of fin delver is an exception but like oh man i ran i remember when i used to run fifth edition i ran um the dragon queen one. And then I ran like the Tiamat one. And I also ran, Oh, I ran, uh, I ran the, um, the Strahd one, the curse of Strahd one. And it's just so much nothing, you know, it's, there's some good setting material, but uh, you know, I can grab a random book off my shelf behind me. And there's not only is the art just, personally so much more inspirational for what I want to the kind of games I want to play but also just there's just so much care and thought that goes into these quote-unquote rules light systems and modules that you just don't you just don't see in 50, I'm sorry you just don't see it in the mainstream
0: <laughs> it's definitely more of an art I, in my mind, there's definitely a lot more of an art form to what's going on with independent creators. There's love going into it. Like, this is my baby. This is what I want to put out into the world. I have this idea I want to share with everyone yeah. and make something great. I think it's made some wonderful things I've picked up. I've been amazed by. Yeah,
1: it. me too. Me too, for sure.
0: And when you got a community pulling together and and, and adding to the mix, instead of being like, hey, the company's official thing we're going to do right. next is I'm, right. I'm a little happier. Yeah. I get a lot wider array of ideas from a lot more creative that's just
1: your anarchist leanings right there uh,
0: it It certainly is i don't like
1: being told what to do i mean i honestly that's what originally uh, attracted me to the osr is the diy rpg kind of punk aesthetic i mean actually i'm not sure where it originated but the people who attracted me most to the osr were those who were kind of like just do it yourself you know be cool you know don't worry about it i've never been attracted to the kind of edgy like uh, lamentations of the flame princess kind of stuff like it just does not appeal to me i yeah
0: i've never i've never picked any of those up or played them um and by the time i was aware of them i was a little turned off oh I yeah
1: and i think that's happened. happened and i'm not trying to craft on anybody i'm just saying like i just don't i did not experience the satanic panic and i'm also a jew oh. so i just don't have any association none of that stuff is meaningful to me and like like I just don't get it and I also don't like body horror and there's a lot of good stuff that's I mean good like like Mork Borg's mechanics are pretty interesting but I just cannot handle the art I can't I just can't it's I'm not it's not like a, p- a p- opinion thing it's just like it's gross I don't
0: see I I like all the 666 devil stuff but <laughs> I, my dad was literally a baptist preacher right right and I discovered right. all this like Black metal, death metal, yeah, do and Dragons I, from preaching against it. At right, the pulpit.
1: <laughs> I think that's a pretty common <laughs> path for folks. And I, I have my parents are communist atheist Jews, so I didn't have any. I mean, for them, they were like, you know, whatever makes you happy, and like whatever. The actually, the problem with them is that they were not in any way fantastic. Like, they don't play games. Like, let me repeat: like my parents don't play games. My dad would play chess with me and uh, Sheshbesh, which is like uh, backgammon and, and that's, but he, they can't imagine, they can't watch anything in which it's not in this world. They don't have (laughs) any, they can't like, I tried to explain to my mom why Star Trek is so good. And she just, she gets it, but she's just like, I don't, they're wearing costumes. I can't.
0: See, here's the thing. The odd thing about my parents is they're very, they were very like, my parents were abnormally conservative at the time in the eighties in the Reagan era, like wow. abnormally Baptist, I was taken to like conservative Reagan. era. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's... And they took me to, they took me to like throughout the eighties, I would go, my dad would take little me to go protest Planned Parenthood right, once, right, once a week. Yeah. I I felt very far from the tree but but they were really into like science fiction and like b flicks and like really straight like they were the ones who introduced me to like uh Melvin Van Peebles so so what was their (laughs)
1: attraction though I mean did they like just the the experience because I I mean like you know my my wife's like my, my wife's father is republican but like you know they all watch TNG together and they love Star Trek. And I'm like, do you not understand what it's saying Yeah. you there? Yeah, it's telling you that, that our vision of the future is the one that, that it will happen. Not that I think it's true. I just like to pretend.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I, there's definitely a, a, a little bit of tension there between my parents. And I love them, but we don't get along on everything, we'll say.
1: Well, mine just don't. I had my father. I was listening to him once explain to his parents in Hebrew. Um, his parents are in their 90s. They're from Argentina. And I, I was listening to him explain to them what Karen is. And first off, he has no idea. He does not understand what our, RP- <laughs> he, he does not, he he loves storytelling. He, he loves it, but he's not, he can't pretend. And explaining it to them and hearing their reactions, which are equally like confused. It's just a total generation gap. They just do not, neither understand. But I will say for whatever reason, I was always attracted to the fantastic and I'm grateful that I was, it wasn't, it wasn't crushed. You know, some people I know, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why people are so attracted to this aesthetic that has come up around a lot of D uh, not just like death metal stuff, but just this kind of doom and gloom is because it is a kind of reaction to being told it's wrong. I wasn't told shit. So, uh, you know, I, yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, no, there is definitely an element of that when you hear that stuff and, and the, when the metal music is doing it, it is very reactionary thing that occurred it's cheesy as hell that's one yeah. of the reasons I kind of well, like it like oh that's goofy I, I,
1: yeah, at it. I remember there was this guy in high school that I used to know I never played anything with him but there's a guy I knew and he listened to um this n- Nordic band that only did Tolkien music uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, I almost got it. Blinding, blinding force, blinding. Anyways, and I remember listening to this. is so cheesy, but like I appreciated it because of Tolkien. But it is. It's supposed to be so tough, but these guys are all softy nerds, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's real campy and cheesy. I think I think in this day and age, like there's a point in time. Like I was like, man, this stuff's really cheesy. I don't know why I was listening to that. You know, I get all excited to go see King Diamond back in the day at Merciful Fate play. Everybody like, hey, there's demons flying through the concert. I'm like hey guys, I heard they got demons there. <laughs>
1: like, that's what, us. what are you,
0: like, what kind of guardian yeah.
1: uh, Oh, Blind Guardian. Blind Guardian is the band. Okay. That's who it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just sat there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so it is interesting, though, because I think, you know, to pull it back towards, like, a political, uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because one thing I like about your show is that you don't skirt the political, which I think a lot of podcasts do, and that's fine, but um, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and most of them are focused on stuff I care about. But one thing that I think rarely gets discussed is like politics at the table and how that's handled. And um, I just want to be making like unequivocally, there's no such thing as no politics at the table. Yeah. The, the, it, politics are, are anything you just don't agree with. You know, that's what <laughs> when someone recorded
0: says, a full half hour on no on a political game. Right. I can't wait for you to hear.
1: Yeah. Go on. <laughs> but no, I, I, whatever you have at the table. It is what you consider okay within a social stratum, right? If you I'm not saying you necessarily agree with it. I have horrible things happen in my games but I still have opinions about it and my reaction, the player's reaction and the characters within that settings reaction are still based on social values that we hold as real people. There's no, in my opinion, there's no differentiation, even when you're doing something different, when your character is different than, than you, you're making a conscious decision to do that. And you're considering the social value of the political element within the the setting and story. So I, I feel like whenever I see, Oh, no politics at the table. That just means no politics I don't agree with. Yeah. And I and I think I think that's one of the big shift changes that we've seen in my experience from being in RPGs for a while now is there was this kind of like dominant, it was it was either quote unquote no politics at the table, which is just a reactionary nonsense, or it was only my politics. Which is a different kind of thing.
0: Which was like I think most of the time when someone says no politics on the table, what I've know, or and whatever space, what I've seen is that means only my politics. which right. it's usually somebody who's right. kind of unaware right. of the political ideas and concepts that they're continuing to right. perpetuate with whatever thing they're saying.
1: Right. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. Was they are the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, and they happen to be the same thing. Like, like there <laughs> is <sorry>. this. <laughs> No, 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 it's great. It's great because it's a good wavelength. I feel like so many of those people who had the aforementioned response to, uh, like, who would say no politics at my table, meaning only my politics, those people are, for the most part, no longer part of the communities that I go through. And, and within the OSR and whatever else you wanna call us, like, I, I think that that has been a big shift change. The other thing is there was a cult of personality amongst every community I've been part of, whether it was the PBTA community or the OSR community, and many of those gatekeepers gone. They're just not around. And there are, of course, the like very online people. And, and I'm, I'm one of them who people notice and talk about, but they're not any more important than anybody else. And I feel like what I really appreciate about the indie RPG, do it yourself, whatever movement today is there is less of an adherence to specific um, reactionary co- political dogma as the only allowed political discourse. And also there's fewer people just being talking heads who are somehow for, you know, figureheads within a community. I just, all to me, the, the purpose of leaders is to create more leaders. And there are not as many of these, um, I don't know, uh Big-headed people around is the, at least from my in my circles.
0: Yeah, and I I came out of a place of I spent many years doing a political blog. I nuked that around 2012, so it's been quite a few years. But my online presence, you know, was primarily in political spheres. Hmm. When I started to do a tabletop, I was like, I'm going to do a little role playing blog because I've been playing for years and it's my hobby. I, I questioned. I was like, so well, how do I approach this? Um I'm going to be up front because if you look into me, you're going to realize that I've been involved with a lot of things you've probably seen on the six o'clock news over the years. <laughs> and probably some people don't like me. Now, I am trying to make a game blog, but I can't really hide the fact that, you know, I was at some of these places and involved with some of these things I organized with and in some of these organizations. It's going to come up wherever I go. It often will. So I was just like, you got to be forward about it. I put a little thing in the blog, like, look, this is me. This is who I am. If those things come up, this is my stance. I'm not here to talk about those politics. I'm here to actually talk about the games because I'm really into them. But I can't avoid politics coming up in spaces. It like When I go out to places to try to play with folk, especially folks that say there's no political, it comes up consistently more than any other place. Right. It's like, yeah. wow, yeah. it's here. So right. that is what it is. No, and
1: that's very that's honestly rare. I mean, I've seen more and more people say like, "Hey, like uh, one thing I found really interesting was how there's this movement towards licensing around bad actors. Like, hey, if you're if you're a fascist, don't you're not allowed to play my game. End of story. Like, you know, and you know, of course, they can't enforce that, but there is this kind of de facto. Here's what I stand for, and I don't want people who don't believe that people I love should be alive to have to enjoy my game or whatever. And I, and I, and I, and I, that was not, again, that was not as possible before for all the reasons that we talked about, but I, I do feel like now it's okay. And, and, you know, I was, again, I was talking to um someone online about this the other day about how, like, there are so many regressive elements of the OSR, but they are actually few and far between. They just have loud voices. And, yeah. and we have done a good job as a community of being like, eh, nope. And I'm not even talking about that, like, the bats video that came out the other day i mean in general there are just some some bad actors and then there are people i just don't agree with and i do try to make a differentiation between them
0: like Oh, definitely. Like, I'm going to be 100%. I am an anarchist. 99 to 95% of the people I meet don't agree with me. I'm I'm okay with that. I get along very well with people I don't agree with. Ditto. ditto. (laughs) You know, I was talking to someone
1: about this the other day because um, I I have a friend who's, um, I guess you would define him as neo-reactionary, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have a ton of arguments. Ton and someone else was telling me, this was in, in re, this person is in real life. He's someone I know in real life. And someone was saying, how do you handle that? And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm from Israel originally. My family, a significant portion of my family who I do not really engage with now are like, they don't, they believe Arabs are animals. Like these, they are just the worst people. So to me some person who's spouting nonsense that I think is possibly fascist and dangerous is a, is a lot less scary than these actual terrible people that I have to engage with through being forced to through family. And I, um, yeah, I, I hope that the difference is clear that you can't have relationships with people who don't agree with you. You also have every right to be like, you know what, you're just poison in my life or you're just toxic in my life. And, and, and I see this a lot on the discord server that I help moderate is we get these people on who come from a very traditional, like whatever, like young white male American background who have all these assumptions and defaultisms that they come in with. And they'll just, I can, I'll make some comment. Like I don't like 10 foot pole, for example, because I uh, Bryce, platforms, transphobes and assholes in that he lets them comment and doesn't care. So to me, I just, I don't mind 10 links. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, get, get out of there. But I will always let the person know, hey, just FYI, this is how I feel like this person is adding bad stuff to the world by default. And then it inevitably ends up in an argument where I explain, like, this is my stance. Like I I have no problem with the individual. I have a problem with platforming bad actors. If someone was to link to like a venture blog or something, I would be like, no, out. Not sending that guy any any money. But there has to be a I, there is a. I have a personal shit list, and beyond that, it's like you those just just be reminded. Never stop being vigilant, and because people who are more marginalized than myself don't have the energy to put up with this all the time. I have limitless energy.
0: Not have limitless energy anymore. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting a lot less. Yeah, seconds. no, it happens. It happens getting later in my 40s. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I need a nap. Okay, I have a four-year-old
1: <laughs> who doesn't sleep. Oh. Yeah. But here's the thing. I happen to be an extrovert. So the social interactions
0: <laughs> actually fuel me. So I don't think I'm an extrovert. Hmm, but i may sound like (laughs) i am boisterous yes you are boisterous yes i have i have a pain i'm not gonna get into the introvert extrovert thing (laughs) all i mean (laughs) is
1: i tend to enjoy interaction and get socially energized by it and and the minute it doesn't energize me it's done you know and that's and then you have to have a lot of like discipline all right around especially if you're on twitter which don't be if you
0: can but if you
1: have to be like
0: (laughs) you know what i like twitter and i like facebook i have a lot of fun on social media i think it's neat i can read all kinds of cool things and games i enjoy it
1: (laughs) it's just a little bit um for some people it it can be not worth it yeah i don't i I, block i I don't
0: i actually don't i don't have (laughs) i have never blocked a single person i do constantly the minute somebody's like you know, people come up like, oh, this person's just looking to argue with me, block. I just and don't oh engage. God, <laughs> I just don't
1: engage. I back out of there. I, it, like my rules of online discourse is like, no argument is worth it. it. You know, assume best, best, you know, this guy told me on Reddit the other day, hey, you should be charging for this game you made. <laughs> and I said, look, I know you're just being real nice. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you that's, that's not, I don't want to. And then he was super or, sh- or whoever they were, they, they, they were very nice. In response but i feel like you put force nice, and then you get back nice back well that's about all we
0: have time for today we've hit our time limit this conversation actually went on for about another 20 minutes if you would be interested you can listen to the full extended version at our patreon patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today please give us a positive review wherever you're listening Share with your friends. Tell others about us. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleKrom. And keep those dice rolling.